Hello and welcome to a bit of film podcast. I'm Hattie. And I am James. This podcast is for film lovers, spoiler chases and general banter. We are two Brits in lockdown with too much time on our hands talking about films. We both hold degrees and jobs in the creative arts. Yes, our parents are so proud that it ultimately led to this podcast. So we might go into some behind the scenes or production elements you might not know or be familiar with. We release episodes every two weeks talking about the latest film and TV offerings. If you love excessive defending of plot holes and mispronouncing actors' names, this is for you. Please be advised, we discuss spoilers, so please turn off if you haven't seen or keep listening if you don't care. Apologies, we have had some technical issues as we are amateurs, so you will see an increase in quality as we continue. Yes, we are British and apologise far too much. You are listening to the first bonus episode of A Bit of Film podcast. Today we are talking about trailer cardinal sins, those infamous trailers that we love, hate or that just didn't work and fundamentally ruined our enjoyment of the actual film. But first, we dive into a recap of the MonsterVerse franchise after watching the new trailer for Godzilla vs Kong. I mean, there's just more trailers being released for Godzilla vs. Kong, but I think that's because that's supposed to be coming out soon. That's true. Because this is all part of their cinematic, un- well, their monster verse. What did you make of Kong Island? I mean, I suppose any of the monster verse films, but. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start with what, my, what was the reason why I watched it. Is uh, Tom Hiddleston, it was, like, it was like a snippet on something I saw, and it was Tom Hiddleston saying, The music is brilliant. Like, it's just amazing. And I was like, If that's the section that they picked of what he said about the film, how terrible is it? So I, I purely decided to watch it just, just for the music. And actually, the music, he was right. The music is pretty good in it. The the plot and and the final fight, the, the CG fest, let's just call it that, that occurred of that end fight was just ridiculous. Oh, the guy—the guy who's like the kind of like abandoned veteran who's living in the jungle with a boat—that just was very random and yeah, not not believable, but like fun. I felt like it was a fun. It was a fun one. So you've not watched the first Godzilla, as in the let's say the rebooted Godzilla. Is that the one with Taylor Johnston, dude? What's his name? Is that with like the nuclear weapon? Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah. Yes. No. Sadly, sadly, I yeah, we saw that together, didn't we? Oh my god, yes, we <laughs> yes. Oh my god, we did, didn't we? We all went to go see it, yeah. I remember. We were at, no, yeah, we were at uni and our house went to go and see it. Yeah, and we all hated it. <laughs> well yeah, because in a film called Godzilla you get maybe five minutes of screen time with Godzilla. Yeah, no. And they killed was... off Brian Cranston. Why would you kill off Brian Cranston? Oh, that was the other thing as well. I mean, if we're talking about trailers misleading people, like that whole trailer was based on confrontation between Brian Cranston and Godzilla, of which we get no Brian Cranston (laughs) and very little Godzilla. In terms of the whole thing with the nuclear bomb at the end, because the whole point of Aaron Taylor Johnson's character is that he's like a bomb disposal person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the first time he is put in front of a bomb to disarm it, he can't do it, so he dies. <laughs> His entire character arc was just redundant, I seem to remember. Like, wasn't he... He was somehow connected with Brian Cranston's team, but then that didn't seem to kind of, like, manifest into anything meaningful. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to blame this on him or his and his performance, or if I'm going to blame this on the story and the fact that he had nothing to do. Well, he was, he was just the catalyst of every monster encounter that happened throughout the film. Yes. I think he was connected to Brian Cranston. I think he was his son. Oh, yes, he was. Who was getting up to mischief in Japan, so that's why he went over there. But they had the least likely familial familial relationship ever, which is saying something, because Brian Cranston's been just about everyone's dad. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, he does that very well. Yes. (laughs) He had, like, an estranged relationship with, I can't remember any of the characters' names, but Brian Cranston. 
because I think his mother died in the whatever plant. Yes. Clearly, it was a very forgettable film. Oh, that was Julie. Wasn't that like Julia Binoche? Was that a Julia Binoche? She died at the beginning in a plant, and I remember like a wall came down, and I was like, oh, yeah, Julia Binoche is in it. And then she literally died in the first five minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Pretty much sounds about right. My whole point for bringing that up, because of how bad that was, <laughs> when they obviously, when they did Kong, they thought, right, okay, well, let's jazz it up a bit. It's going to be around the time of Vietnam. So let's make it, let's, let's put all the, what era was it in again? Remind me. I, I want to say 80s. But... I think it was 70s because it was a lot of Creedence Clearwater Revival. 70s. That would make more sense. And it also has Captain Marvel in it. This is it, yeah. At the end of the day, it had obviously Tom Hiddleston, yep. Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> yeah. of all people. It had Brie Larson. That's it, Brie Larson. In a very forgettable role. <laughs> And then John C. Riley was the one who had sort of got trapped That's on it, the yeah. island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's good fun. I, I have to I say, mean, he, he did a really good job. I really enjoyed, like, what he did was entertaining, but it just didn't really. Mm. Oh no! Oh yeah, no. I think he was. I think, but I think the whole thing that they were going for was that. Well, Godzilla was boring, <laughs> so let's make this one a bit more fun. It was. Well, yeah, God, Godzilla was and a it bit was boring. Really long. It just... Do you remember? It was. It was. It was far too long for what it was supposed to do. Well, it was very long, and it was just. Aaron Taylor-Johnson going from A to B to C to D and some sort of monster encounter happens, nothing to do with Godzilla. And then it was just like the final battle at the end where, yeah. And I think maybe a problem that they'll have with Godzilla versus Kong. No one cares about the human element. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally there to see two monsters fight each other. That's it. We don't want to know about anyone else. But I mean, they need it to kind of have a narrative to tell because they, they need that otherwise it's literally just monsters fighting each other for two hours but they don't seem to get that like what we love about having it is like yes introduce us to some characters give us some background as to why kong slash godzilla is going to be there and then just show them trying to get away from it trying to stop a government from doing something stupid that's all we want to watch we don't really care about anything mm. else why not have it as a reporter who's literally following them yeah it could just be as simple as that. It would be, I mean, that, that's what they did with Brie Larson because she was a reporter that she was trying to find Kong's story, and I actually think that was quite good. But they just didn't develop it enough. Well, they were that. that I mean, Kong was the whole point of her and Monarch. It was all to build the monsterverse because everyone has to have a cinematic universe these days. So they were, I suppose, they were that that kind of work because we knew what it was building towards, and then they teased Godzilla at the very end, and then it was all connected. King of the Monsters ends up in about three or four monster fights because it's not just Godzilla and King Ghidorah who is the three-headed dragon thing. You've also got all these other titans, I think, from the sort of lore and they're all rising at the same time. That's kind of how the whole plot develops. It has but... so many more monsters in it, but it's genuinely like every like 25 minutes, it's like, boom! <laughs> yeah, it was very that much... Was good. It was very much a case of, because of the criticism of the first Godzilla, which we've already talked about, <laughs> it was kind of like in this film, I think they turned around and said, right, okay, people said there wasn't enough Godzilla, so here's Godzilla, here's more monsters, <laughs> here's everything. So I think they definitely overcompensated this time around. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did enjoy the monsters. The, the one I found to be questionable was, was the Mothra, mm -hmm. which the bit that confused me is about halfway through the moth comes in and like wakes up Godzilla and like replies to it so they can find it and then it just vanished until literally the end of the film and it was just not mentioned so it came it was flying straight towards them with this really lovely shot and then it was just like and it's gone and that was I, I was like okay that's uh just we're just gonna go with that but I suppose there are so many monsters at that point that why not 
So, I think yes. Mothra was just the eagles from Lord of the Rings. It really was. Yes, exactly, exactly. We're going to come in when we, you're going to come in when we need you, and otherwise you can just fuck off. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was good fun. It was enjoyable. I did, I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. This is it. I think with those films, like I think it, when I watched it the first time, it's, it's a case of having to watch it again when you not when mm. when the expectation's not there, maybe. Yeah. Because I'd argue that the film tries to take itself seriously. It's it's it is this kind of yes. There's this, there's serious That's themes true. of it. There's I think the whole I think part of the plot is like what is it? It's the same old humanity is going to destroy itself, so we need to let these guys sort it all out, sort of thing. It was it was very much environmental, definitely. Yeah, environmental or nuclear disaster. E- either of them were very much like it's the end of the world again. <laughs> again, yeah, the same old. Well, I mean, yeah, the same old trope that's been used in. Uh, yeah, it's that whole humanity is destined to destroy ourselves. Or a virus, yes. Yeah, Matrix is back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, that's, yeah, no, that's making me think of Kingsman where it's, yeah, the virus kills the host or the host kills the virus. So like, great, thank you for that message. Yeah, it's, because it takes itself so seriously, the fact that it's, at the end of the day, it's giant monsters kicking the shit out of each mm. other, which when you just strip it back and watch that, it's, gr- it's great fun. It's just a lot of, Definitely. it's very entertaining until you have to, deal with the human characters we we can we yes i they definitely in, in spending the money on on cgi they they got some cheaper actors i i will say that there there are certain actors that i was like oh, that's that's an interesting choice but particularly millie bob brown's dad kyle chandler is his name had a very very strange kind of character arc if if there was one it, it seemed to kind of evade me <laughs> i think that's i think that's being a little too generous <laughs> just as a character arc. yeah so I'm really sorry that they killed. I'm gonna massacre his name, Sariwa. S- oh, see, Sarazawa? I know, I know exactly who you mean. He, he's the yeah, he's the guy who very dramatically says Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved no, it. Well, I've, yeah, no, because he was in. I've seen him in a couple of things. I think Inception is probably the one I remember him from most because mm. he's the. He's a solid actor. Yeah, solid, solid old Asian dude in who just rocks up and you're like, yep, yeah, cool. But why would you kill him? Well, well, I mean, you say, why do we kill him? And why do we have any of the humans in this story? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's it's to string together the events. So uh... he's just, he's got, he, bring, he grounds it every time that Godzilla appears. I fully believe that he's just like invested in this moment. And otherwise, like there's so many other actors who do it. And you're like, mm, not sure I believed it. But when he goes, good job. I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm 100% behind you, mate. <laughs> Does he transport like a nuclear bomb or something to try and Re- yes, restart for some, reason, for some reason you can't detonate a nuclear weapon through a field of like tech space methane air when i pretty sure you can do it through radio pretty sure you can just go press it from a radio because they do it in man from uncle so i was like why did he have to be there for that no that was that was a shame i was killing like and there's no way that character can come back like if they bring him back i'll just be more annoyed Oh, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> what? Oh, no, please tell me he's not announced for the next one. Is oh, he... no, as far as I'm aware, no. I mean, I think if they do end up trying to bring him back, it'll be through some sort of flashbacks. But, I mean, we've talked about... I mean, I suppose we've talked about Marvel, but, I mean, mo- movies have a habit of bringing people back <laughs> just because they're popular. I, I mean, Fast of the Furious, again, is another casualty of doing that. They were sat in the writer's room thinking, right, okay, how do we how do we get all the monsters to the place where we need them to be? <laughs> I know! architect. It's to do with, like, there's, there's two scientists who are developing some sort of 
machine that to communicate with them in the same sense of like they use like echolocation to communicate with whales or or, or something like that true that's true. Well, yeah you're right it did it did work for what it needed to do it, it's very much used at the beginning of the film and then kind of as that like signal to kind of herd herd the animals let's just say and and then just yes i i'm curious as to like how they're going to evolve that next i think but the orca tech which i love the description of it was um oh yes this was designed to stop humpback whales coming near the shore yeah and like i was just like i'm sorry what <laughs> you expect us to just go with that especially as like orcas have different sounds depending on their different like pod pretty sure they've like proved there's like dialects so i was like um not yes no that was that was but you know they tried to do something different so fair enough i i quite like i quite like that plot point i mean science behind it or not i mean i don't know as much <laughs> about orcopods as, as you might do <laughs> but um, i collect weird information what can i say <laughs> <laughs> but um i suppose i don't know i suppose it was a way of trying to keep the humans in the story yes. it sounds it's, it's like one of those things that sounds quite good it's like it's a good idea to sort of base the human element on and then they just leave it they just they don't follow it through it's like i mean this is the plot device and then we'll bring in the monsters and that's it we'll just have them running around and, and doing stuff i think this is a part of the franchise that i think is is a common reoccurrence is the fact that they usually start it with a solid idea that you're like yeah we can totally get behind that trying to communicate with godzilla would be useful when he's destroying cities and all the rest of it and seeing as that godzilla is usually on the side of the humans by the end of it but they just they just don't seem to kind of weave it they 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 purposely try and leave it open for a sequel but yet then the sequels don't hmm. seem to have anything to do with it no because they haven't thought that <laughs> far ahead it's as simple as that but but as we said with like Kong Island they had they knew that this was going to be a franchise and yet they still don't do it i just hmm. yeah i don't know how i i, I think there's a behind the scenes reason for that because i know i think Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong mm were uh, basically they got the green light at the same time uh, so after king of the monsters didn't get great reviews it didn't matter because godzilla versus kong was already in production uh, I see. so it, they, they, they they had some sort of plan i suppose but i don't know no that I makes mean, sense if they couldn't yeah if they, if they were different people from doing it at the same time that makes sense as long as they suggested they were going to be linked yeah okay all right i'll be a little less mean about that mm, i don't know i feel i feel that you can be mean about it <laughs> in terms of what you said about godzilla being on the side of the humans mm. that's the weird thing about the trailer for godzilla versus kong oh yeah that's they're trying to they aren't they bringing in kong to stop godzilla isn't that the the trailer that this trailer yeah so the, for, for some strange reason after godzilla being painted as the hero in the last two films despite the mass destruction yeah something i don't know something's got godzilla riled up he's attacking cities or something like that oh yeah yeah and yeah. then yeah they they basically have captured kong and are bringing him to the mainland to fight godzilla i think is the stripped down plot <laughs> it, it's a hero versus villain i suppose but considering that we've had the last two films where Godzilla has supposed to be painted as the hero, mm. like defeating the worst monsters, they've kind of shifted it entirely for him to be an outright villain. Now, I, I, I imagine there'll be some sort of explanation <laughs> as to why Godzilla is now being painted as the bad guy. And it could be to do with this Echo machine the, in the last film. So uh, in, in sense of like, okay. if they've communicated with Godzilla and someone's 
turned him bad. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're talking about two massive monsters just destroying probably Tokyo. So again, again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works for me. I, I think I'm curious as to what on earth they'll do for the rest of the film, but that's that's a solid start. Well, I mean, this is the problem when I go down rabbit holes when I start looking at theories. <laughs> so yeah, mild spoilers potentially ahead. So normal day. Yeah, normal day. But what else am I supposed to do when I'm in lockdown? No, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> the whole marketing campaign is very much geared up to one of them is going to fall, mm. is how they put it. I mean, whether or not they mean one of them's actually going to die, I doubt no. it. God because no. that's like at the end of Infinity War where they supposedly kill off the <laughs> revenue of Black Panther, Spider-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's never going to happen. They're going to bring them back because that's the way the movie industry works. For franchises, absolutely. Franchises, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One-off film's not so much of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> the hot theory at the moment is that Kong's going to fight Godzilla. That's going to be for the majority of the film. But then there is effectively a bigger, more dangerous enemy that they then oh, set they aside their differences. And fight. basically, the plot of Batman v Superman. Yeah, let's just hope there's no dead mums in this one. No, I think there is. What? No! no. In the sense Boo. of... Well, no, because in the set, if if you've watched the trailer, then there's this really cheesy line, which is like there was a war a long time ago, and they're the last one standing. And then even in Kong Skull Island, they find the, yes. the, the the skeletons of Kong's supposedly dead parents. So there's a, there's a little bit yes. of a thing there. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, um, no, but but as long as it's not called Martha, as long as there isn't that moment where he goes, "Your mum's cause also called Martha." As long as it's at that moment, I'm happy. It's, it's an improvement. <laughs> oh, this is... I'm so insulted uh, by it. I'm, so, I'm still insulted. We're veering into Batman I... v Superman here. This could be a dark <laughs> hole to go down. The, the, the theory that everyone's okay, okay. talking about, which would make sense, and I could totally buy it, is that, yeah, they're not going to kill off each other. They're going to end up teaming up and trying to defeat this other big bad, which everyone is thinking is Mecha Godzilla. So basically the yes, mechanized I remember you yeah, mentioning this. mechanized robotic version of Godzilla, which apparently was already shown in the trailer. Yes, yes, you told me you, you mentioned this that you were yes, because we're we're coming on to Cardinal Sins of trailers. Sorry, yes, no keep going. No, Cardinal Sins of trailers indeed. Now because it, it, it's it's a very it's a like blink and you'll miss it moment, but like literally in the first few frames of the trailer it, it's showing destruction of some sort of city. Trying to make it out that it is Godzilla who is destroying everything. But actually... Obviously, with people <laughs> dissecting these trailers frame by frame, when you slow it down, you see... Well, basically, you see, like... It's, it's Godzilla's form, but then there's almost, like, red lights uh, on the underbelly. Aww. Which, obviously, everyone's thinking, well, this is clearly some sort of machine. This is clearly Godzilla. This is going to be, like, the third act of the film. At the end of the day, when I watched the trailer the first time round, I did not see that. It was when you start to look at social media, look at people dissecting it and start to see what people are thinking. But then I rewatched it now back. Now you say that, though, that first frame of Godzilla was very different to the one when they introduce it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, this, this is going into the cardinal sins of trailers and the fact that they start to spoil key plot points. Cardinal sins. These are the ultimate sins of trailers that ruin the movie before you've even seen it. Yes, spoilers are imminent, and Terminator Salvation, you are not safe. Cardinal sin one. Revealing too much plot in the trailer. I, I think we should go through this. I think we should go through this. What, what are your cardinal sins of trailers, James? When they spoil the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's I multiple mean... ways they can do that. 
And the, the, the biggest example, which it's an old one, but it is Terminator Salvation. Yes. So it's the, <laughs> yeah. the I know again, I know we've been through this before, but yeah, it's the fourth Terminator film, which is set in the apocalypse. And then they've got Christian Bale as John Connor, and then is it Sam Worthington from Avatar fame? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's well? Who's playing another survivor of some description? But but like in the trailer, it it reveals that he's actually a, a machine. He's a Terminator. But as far as he's concerned, he's he's human. He's not a, he's not a machine in a human form. He believes he's human, and he doesn't know that he's a machine, which is a pretty cool concept. Definitely. But again, it's something that because like for the, when you watch the film. Right up until that reveal, which I'd say is about halfway through, they're treating him as a human. Like They don't allude to the fact that he could be a machine or that he is indestructible or any sort of thing. And then when it comes to that point where they, they, like, they pull the camera back and show that he's got like a metal, metal exoskeleton, the whole way they play it is like, oh my God, I bet you didn't see this coming. And I'm sat there thinking, yeah, because you showed us that in the trailer. Because I mean, so who would you say is a good trailer creator? So is it like Nolan? I mean, I think Nolan's a different example because I think even after you've watched Nolan's films, you still have no idea what's going on. Okay, so right, so the cardinal rules are, number one, do not reveal the third act twist in the trailer. Is that is that what we're saying? Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's just keep it at, yes, I agree. <laughs> cardinal sin two. Miss selling the film. What else would, say, what else would we say is a cardinal, a cardinal sin of trailers? Or is it just that? Well, I suppose you've got like uh, this. This is the difference between teasers and trailers, and I think basically they right. should be one yes. and the same. They should only be teasers. They should never be trailers, if that makes sense. Full trailers. Yes. Okay. Because I, I would, if someone says like, what do I think of like one of the best trailers? And I would say the Inception trailer. And to me, what I like is the fact that they're mood pieces, so you completely get the tone and the setting of the film, but nothing more. You know, you might get a couple of shots of the protagonist, but they don't give you the kind of sexy shots that word. they don't give you <laughs> they don't give you the third act ones because they want you to go and see the film and what i love is the fact that they give you nothing and therefore that makes you even more curious to be like okay but how do those two connect and you can dissect it as much as you want but it's not actually revealing the story yeah i think i think that's also what marvel's got very good at doing or Disney, I should say, in general. Mm, yes. Because the same marketing department. Same so marketing yes. department. So <laughs> I mean, Infinity War and Endgame obviously had major spoilers, which they kept out of the trailers entirely, even to the point where they'd basically removed characters out of clips to put in the trailer, or had recorded scenes specifically for the trailer to kind of move people away from that kind of line of inquiry, which which is that's per- which yeah. is the way you've got to do I like it. it. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I suppose the fact that these these days, because of social media and because of YouTube, I suppose, in terms of people like, like us dissecting trailers and stuff, <laughs> they they you can't they kind of have to be smarter than everyone else. They have to find a way of keeping the spoilers from being leaked. Which I think in Endgame they did a really good job of doing. I mean, obviously it's a lot of closed sets. Yeah. But clearly, actors not getting full scripts. Tom Holland being the name one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it still goes with the trailers. I mean, I, I probably watched the Endgame trailer far, far, far too many times. Trying to figure it out. Not trying to figure it out, just because it was. I mean, this is the what twenty-two years in the making or something like that. It was a very, it was mm. a long time for it to sort of come to a head. It was just, it was just a epic trailer, but then it just, it like it showed nothing about. It didn't even reveal the time travel element. At all, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that was what people were theorizing. 
literally nothing was about the time travel. I think I think actually the majority of the trailer was like the maybe the first act, sort of partly encompassing the fact, part, partly encompassing the moment where they they go to find Thanos in his in his Garden of Eden or something like that. Which is perfect. Which is what it should be. Yeah, exactly. Because there was a whole other movie to to still come forward. But then again, I suppose similar sense in the you know, okay, okay. So right, this is moving on again slightly into Star Wars territory. <laughs> it always does. But the trailer for the Last Jedi, for instance, that was mm. very good at sort of hiding what was actually going to happen. But then probably probably to an extent where the trailer kind of missold what the film was. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, okay. That's an interesting one. So we actually have two cardinal rules then. Do you know that? <laughs> we have the having a trailer which missells the story and having a trailer which tells you the third act twist. Which, which tells you the whole story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. Finding, okay, cool. finding the balance between the two. Oh, actually, another one I liked, actually, the new Jungle Book, the John Farrow one. The trailer for that was actually really good for the tone of what the film actually was and it didn't give you the third act twist. Okay. Oh, did it though? Did it though? Well, no. I mean, because it did have the fire, but it didn't have the fight. Well, that's that. I think that's a different kettle of fish entirely because that's a reboot. True. True. I say reboot, remake. I suppose. I mean, if you're dealing with remakes, and I suppose all of the live-action Disney films you could use as examples here, because people are familiar with the story in some sense. Like even people who haven't watched The Lion King know in general what The Lion King is about. <laughs> yes, Hamlet with lions. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost like in the so let's use the trailer for the John Favreau Lion King. Showing Mufasa's mm. death is not a spoiler. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who hasn't watched the That's Lion true. King. <laughs> who was living under a rock Who's for the last? You know. I missed both films that they've now made. <laughs> yeah. So I think when you're dealing with remakes, it's it's slightly different. That's true. Okay. Because uh, I suppose part of the trailer is to show what's different about it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the sense of the Lion King, the difference was absolutely nothing. Just pretty lions and scenery, I suppose, but... Cardinal Sin 3! Revealing the third act twist. So obviously, the, first, the, the I mean, the current example is Godzilla, in the sense yes. that if they are bringing in Mechagodzilla, then they should not be alluding to that in this trailer at all. Because if you're sat in the cinema, and then obviously, you, I mean, you know what you're here to see. You're here to see Kong versus Godzilla battle it out one of them walks away if then in the third act this other big bad that we have no idea is coming turns up then that's going to be your oh my god that's a fantastic <laughs> moment sort of thing i mean the film could still be rubbish but it's <laughs> it's reversing expectations it's adding something out and if, if you if you've shown it in the trailer it's just it's like i'm not going to be surprised i'm not going to be surprised now i think those are my three i mean i i think as long as you don't do those three you're fine and most people do. That's the problem. Yeah. Most people do. I don't know why that is, though. I mean, I do I do think... I mean, we, we've had this conversation before where... I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for going onto YouTube and finding trailers because I'm keen to see what's coming out. And I, I think the art of making trailers is actually quite interesting. And I like to see how certain companies or certain films have their trailers made. So I could never stop myself watching them, I suppose. <laughs> But I'm I'm quite envious of people who can go into the cinema to watch films and haven't watched the trailer because at the end of the day you're going into it completely brand new. Cardinal Sin Four. 
including a plot point only in the trailer and promotional material. But I, do you know what's interesting about that? What I find interesting about that is I've had friends who've gone to see a film who hadn't seen the trailer and then there's a big plot point that comes up and because they hadn't seen any of the kind of promotional material, they, they at the end of it goes, well, why did that happen? That was really random. And they've, I can't, I'm going to have to have a think now of which, which one it was. But I've, I remember saying, oh, go watch this film. And they were like, but why did this, you know, part of the plot happen? It didn't seem to fit if you hadn't watched the promotional material. Like it, it's almost now the promotional material helps you with the plot coming in. Oh, well, that's another cardinal skin. <laughs> Bonus sin. Toy character reveals. I, I have well, I, I, it's sort of another one. It's not really a trailer sin; it's a marketing sin. Mm. Um, and I know this quite recently because of the Godzilla versus Kong trailer. So we've already talked about when they effectively revealed that Mega Godzilla yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. So did so did the toys. <gasps> Ooh. So you know the Funko Pops that you can get, the Funko vinyl, the, 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 oh, the, yeah. the like bubble heads, but yeah. they don't have bubble heads. So they released. They released one for Godzilla vs. Kong of Mechagodzilla. No. <laughs> what the hell? But it happens all the time. It, like, particularly with like Disney's merchandising, like Star Wars or with any of the Marvel films, they tend to bring out Lego sets or toy sets or something like that like before the film's actually released. Okay. Well... And it reveals plot points or certain characters that appear. Part of it's done quite cleverly because at the end of the day you can sort of throw in a character and then people are like, ooh, who's this new character? Whereas you've got other things like this Godzilla versus Kong where they basically totally, reveal yeah. a major part of their of their story. Yeah. I mean, it's bad when they do it in the trailer. It's also bad when they do it as a toy. I mean, to be honest, if, if you are looking at the toy characters, you kind of deserve this. Like, you, you, you yeah, don't look at the this, merch. No, well, well, hold on. The merch came up. It was on Instagram. That's why. It was... I see. It on... Social media... <laughs> Yeah, social media ruining films. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of A Bit of Film Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends, families and mortal enemies. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can contact us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, or you can always email us at abitoffilm at gmail.com with new theories, opinions and most importantly, recommendations. Tell us what films you'd like us to talk about, both old and new, whether they are cult classics or Oscar nominees. Have a great week and see you next time.